We are back with our March version of the Market Bottom series. And what we're trying to do in this series here is just keep up to date on where the markets are and try the best that we can to understand um, things look good ahead, things look bad ahead. Um, and this series started off by me looking at six different indicators that historically have given us a clue uh, as to whether the markets had reached their bottom or not. Now, I did receive a comment from a uh, viewer Tana Mara, and in the comment, um, he or she said, based on historical figures, the market had already hit bottom back in October 2022, yet the conclusions from these analysis indicated otherwise. Maybe this exercise is better suited to predict the direction of the market rather than the bottom of the market. And I really like that comment because the reality is that, that actually predicting the exact bottom, of course, is, is really, well, it's practically impossible. The intent of this series isn't to nail the bottom, but it is to give us an idea of where we're at in that sort of cycle that we always go through. So I really kind of like that comment and maybe I guess that we could rename this series to, you know, are, are we going up next or are we going down next? Again, really impossible to, to nail that uh, down, but I do like looking at these indicators because I like to be aware of, based on historic uh, comparison, where we're at, the numbers really do matter. They give us some clues to where we're at. So for those of you who have been following along the series, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm always welcoming your comments as to um, how you feel I can give you the information that's really most valuable to you. Now, uh, started back in August of 2022, and I was looking at six different indicators that have sort of given me my clues. And uh, so far, uh, they've all pointed to, or they've mostly pointed to no. Uh, when I look at them in aggregate, I've said we have not hit the bottom yet. So let's take a look at what's happened since the last update. And you may recall the February update, the markets had shown a lot of strength just before that. We see the NASDAQ was up 11% over the previous month, the S&P 500, 5.5%, Dow Jones up 2.5%. We may have wondered, uh, had we missed the bottom? Had we seen, had we, had we sort of misinterpreted the clues and now the markets are sort of, you know, they started the upward trend. Well, this kind of shows how tough this exercise can be because when we look at the markets since the, the past video, so basically over the last month or so, the NASDAQ actually has continued to rise. It's up about 1.7%, but the S&P 500 down almost three, Toronto Stock Exchange down three, industrials down about 4.4%. So, you know, we've seen a contraction since then. Just for context, just to sort of keep things in perspective, let's look at the one year number here. We can see over that time period, a fair bit of gyrations. All of the major indices are down, um, obviously, over that time period. And if we look at the 2023 year to date, a bit of a mix there. We have the NASDAQ up almost 15%. Then we see the S&P 500 up slightly, the TSX up slightly, the Dow Jones Industrials, the only index down in negative territory at about 2.7%. So you have to wonder, you know, what does this mean? And it, it raises that timing the market debate. And by no means am I suggesting that an investor should be all in or all out based on this information. That's not the purpose of just trying to figure out where we're at in the cycle. It's so that you can massage your portfolio. You can make adjustments to your portfolio based on this data, based on the information that's in front of you here. Um, if you are the type of person who just absolutely believes, you know, it's timing versus time in, and if you do any, go through an exercise like this, um, you're wrong. I will ask you to watch this video right here, which talks in more depth about my concept of how uh, you time the market 
or how you massage your portfolio during uh, during the market cycle. So I'd encourage you to watch that video. Uh, let's get back to what's happening right now. We're gonna start with the first of the six indicators for this month. Let's start with the yield curve. And in this series, we use the 10-year, two-year yield curve US and the 10-year, three-month. And this is a leading indicator that often precedes a recession. When we look at this last month, we can see here that the 10-3 was actually turning just slightly. We saw a bit of a turn upwards in that and we saw the 10.2 that continued to trade in that flat range. Today, we have completely the opposite of that. We see the 10.2 has actually moved in the other direction with that negative number narrowing, and we see a more inverted yield curve with a 10-year, three-month. Now, before I share my interpretation of what these mean right now, I have to talk about my verdict from the last video, and I just wanna to listen to a little snippet of what I said last month. When I look at these this particular metric right here. Uh, I'm interpreting that we probably haven't seen the worst of this yet, but there is a little bit of hope out there. There's a little bit of promise uh, with that 10.3 possibly changing. So for, for this video today, my verdict on this category, I'm gonna put this into the maybe category. I'm not 100% in on that yet, uh, but I'm going to uh, put that into the possible category. So I guess that's a little bit of a positive thing compared to last month. So last month when I had seen that slight change in that a 10 year, three month um, indicator, I use terms like there's a little, we have maybe showing a little bit of hope or there's a little bit of promise in this. And my verdict was maybe, you know, thanks to this change, uh, maybe we've seen the worst of it. And I'm so continually impressed by the viewers that we have on here. I just wanna go through a couple of very quick comments from people who uh, replied to that video. Mayor Halfen said, when the yield curve uninverted, the crash only begin. Mikey Paper says exactly. And Samuel Gack says, you are wrong with the yield curve. Recession usually occurs when a yield curve returns to a positive territory and the market bottom during the recession. As yield curve returns to a positive territory, recession would soon follow, then the market drops and the bottom six months later. And I could not agree more with what these astute viewers have to say. And in fact, let's listen to a little snippet of what I had to say this past November on the topic of yield curves. Remember now that the inversion of a yield curve is a leading indicator. On average, it's somewhere in the range of 18 months of a lead time that you get from when the curve actually inverts to when we see the markets actually bottom out. So we do have some time to work with here. Just as an example, when we look back at the great financial crisis, we see that the yield curve, the 10-2, actually went negative in December of 2005 and stayed that way through till May of 07. The market didn't actually bottom out until March of 09. So about 22 months later before we saw the inversion, and then the actual bottoming of the market. Basically, I misstated my verdict last month. There was that slight change, and I kind of led you to believe perhaps that because of that change, that would indicate that we're maybe through the worst of it. Just the opposite is true. When the yield curve turns positive, that historically has been a precursor to the recession, which of course means that the markets are you know, possibly in for some a rougher ride then. So um, yeah, I, I would say thank you to those viewers who pointed that out and sort of got me back on track with my, uh, with my analysis here. What's happening today, while we see, again, both are in negative territories right now, but we haven't seen neither of those indicators go up above the uh, zero line. So my verdict in this case is going to be no. Okay, so let's move on now to the moving average metric. But first, I wanna remind everyone that in addition to this YouTube channel, we also have the Investing Academy. This is our online platform, and we work with Canadians from across the country of all ages to help educate about investing and financial issues in general. The course material is designed to take you from a raw beginner 
as I know so many of our viewers are, to becoming a fully confident investor. I will put that link in the description of this video. So let's look now at the moving averages. And in this series, I'm using the S&P 500 and a 200-day exponential moving average. When we look at the chart back in February, S&P 500, which is the blue line, was testing that moving average. The question at the time was, will it hold? And when we look back, over the past year, we see a multiple of times where this has happened, where the, the, the index has moved above the moving average, but then has slipped back. When we look at it today, it's repeated that pattern. We see the S&P 500 once again with the most recent pullbacks trading below that moving average. Uh, when I look back to last month, I had said that maybe because we had seen that move above the moving average that it might be a sign that we've seen the brighter days ahead. But clearly when we look at it today, we've pulled back from that again. I'm, I'm gonna leave it as a maybe. Uh, there's not a really solid number either way that's telling me. So I'm gonna put that sort of in the let's wait and see uh, camp. The third metric that we look at in this series is the volatility index, the VIX. And this measures market uncertainty. We see in February, the VIX was trading at 18.27. And my conclusion then was it's just too low. We do need to see a move up before we hit the market bottom or that capitulation. When we compare today, we see that it is higher. There's been a noticeable increase. We see that number up around the 24 mark right now. I do note here that the VIX has broken out of that range it's been trading at for quite some time here, but it really is not a strong signal yet. And last month when I looked at this, my verdict was no, and I still fall into this camp that believes we need to see a sharp spike um, if we're going to look back and compare it against history to see that bottom. So I'm gonna stay with that today. In this, um, this video, I'm gonna say that the VIX is still telling me that we haven't seen the bottom or the worst of it, um, at least at this point here. The fourth metric we're gonna look at is the US jobless claims. And in February, when we looked at this number, we see that the number had flattened um, after a drop back in January. And we do wanna see that drop. We wanna see that number go down as jobless claims are uh, decrease. When we look at the number today, we can see that the number is pretty much trading in a, in a range there. There is still a lot of job-related uh, negative job-related news stories out there. We see stories like literally every day, it seems, about major corporations laying off large numbers uh, of people. So a quick look back at that chart today, we can see that it's flattening at best, um, but a slight tick up. If we look at the US Department of Labor news release this month, they state in the week ending March 11th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 192,000. Four week moving average, it was 196,500. And note that the moving average from the previous week was about 189,250. So that moving average is actually going up a little bit. Uh, and that's something we wanna watch when we're doing this here. It kind of smooths the line out a little bit as well. So my interpretation this month um, well, compared to last month where I thought maybe we've seen some good news there, um, I'm not seeing that right now. I'm just, I'm seeing stagnant movement there. So I'm gonna say, no, uh, we're not seeing, this is not indicating that we've seen the worst uh, of the market action out there yet. Uh, the fifth indicator uh, is what's called the Baltic Dry Index. It's the BDX. And this really is a, a bellwether. It tells, uh, it, it measures shipping around the world, basically. And obviously, uh, if there's strong movement of goods, that means that the economy is probably doing well, which bode well for the stock market. In February, the news was really, really bad. We can see by the chart from last month here, things had been sliding for a, a long period of time. Today, we see a sharp rebound. If we look back over the last month here, we see that a, a pretty significant increase. Reuters noted here, the Baltic Exchange's main sea freight index tracking rates for ships carrying dry bulk commodities snapped its 19th session winning streak 
on Thursday. And this might sound like a negative because it snapped its winning streak, but it hadn't had a winning streak for quite some time. So that's actually pretty good. And they go on to note here that the trend across all markets remains positive. So um, some encouraging news, I guess you would say. In February, I, I, it was a hard no to me. Uh, the numbers had continued to slide quite, um, quite dramatically there. But today, I'm saying a little more interesting. So this could be the start of something uh, showing uh, that we're seeing an improvement there. So I'm going to say that maybe for the BDI uh, this last month. So let's move to the sixth indicator, which is the PMI. This is a leading indicator. Uh, we want to see that number above 50 under most circumstances, because that means that the manufacturing segment of the economy is expanding. Uh, if it's below 60, um, it's contracting, and obviously we want to see it contract, uh, expanding, rather. Um, the latest numbers are in for February, and the numbers come in at 47.7. Uh, that's up from 47.4 um, the previous month. So this is another contraction month, even though the numbers are up, but the 47.7 is still below that 50. So it does, um, it does show that the, the economy is contracting, but at a slightly slower pace than it was the month before. The Institute for Supply Management website says the U.S. manufacturing sector contracted in February as the manufacturing PMI registered 47.7%, 0.3 percentage points higher than the reading of 47.4% recorded in January. And they do add this is the fourth month of slow contraction and the continuation of a downward trend that began in June of 2022. So a little bit of good news here, but uh, really this is not telling me um, anything stark that we're, you know, oh, we're through the worst of it. So I'm gonna leave this, I think, quite generously at a maybe because we have seen that slight improvement there. So let's uh, summarize for this month of March. If I look at the yield curve, it's saying to me, no, uh, we're not in the market bottom or we haven't seen the worst of things yet. Uh, when we look at the moving average, there's some slight signs of hope there. So that's in the maybe camp. Uh, VIX is saying no. The jobless claims is saying no. The BDI, there's some interest there. I'm going to put that into the maybe camp. Uh, the PMI, I'm going to put into the maybe camp um, as well. So when we summarize everything, it's kind of a, it's evenly split here. We have three no's. We have three maybes. And it's hard to say to sound like a broken record here, but most importantly, perhaps we have zero um, yeses. Question for you, does this series help you? In the last six months, the reality is there hasn't been a ton of change. There's been lots going on, but there's been no real stark differences in these indicators. And I, I'm, I'm really curious to know whether um, you feel like there's value. Uh, to watching these series. So please leave a comment below. Uh, when I look at these in aggregate, despite the gains we saw earlier, the pullback now, uh, I'm still saying no. Uh, reminder every month, please don't shoot the messenger. Uh, I'm just sharing this information that you can incorporate into your own uh, evaluation and help you manage your portfolio uh, in, the way, in the way that's most suitable for you. Um, if you like a good battle, uh, Brandon and I have our stock battle series and the most recent version, I'll put a link to the video right here. It's for a little bit of fun and uh, to weigh in on your vote as to who picks the better stock, uh, go ahead and check that video out. As always, uh, we do have a link for our Investing Academy um, in the description below. Thank you so much for watching this video and I do look forward to seeing you in the next video.